The New Zealand football ferns made history when they hosted the FIFA Women's World Cup. While they fell short of their ultimate goal, they did us proud, beating Norway in a thriller at a sold-out Eden Park. On the team is 23-year-old defender Claudia Bunge, who made her ferns debut four years ago. She and the Kiwi team have had a whirlwind few months, coping with never-before-seen crowds and media attention. Claudia joins me on the podcast to make sense of just what has been achieved while co-hosting this massive event with Australia. Thanks so much for joining me, Claudia. Thanks for having me, Wendy. Happy to be here. You've signed a new contract with HB Kerr. Tell me about how that's been in Denmark. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, I've been here for two weeks now and already played a few games. Um, yeah, it's been it's been cool. I'm actually living with my Ferns teammate, Daisy Cleverly, um, who helped me, yeah, get over here. And um, yeah, it's been cool. Just been adjusting to the new culture and yeah, how they play over here. And um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. Fantastic. And quite a few of the players picked up new contracts after the FIFA World Cup. Yeah, there's a few of us that have been moving. I think, yeah, like eight or nine of us have um, moved clubs and yeah, a couple of us uh, headed over to Europe. So Mali is also playing in this league. Um, yeah, and a few others have moved to Europe, which is um, really exciting and is really good for our national team. So much opportunity. Let's go back to the FIFA World Cup games. Huge record-breaking crowds. What was it like running out to a sold-out Eden Park? It must have been incredible. Yeah, it was It was such an awesome experience. And, yeah, it was a bit foreign to me and some of the girls. We're used to travelling away for our games um, and don't often get a play at home in front of a sold-out crowd as well. So, yeah, those three games were honestly amazing. Um, and, yeah, it was definitely a highlight of, of our careers. Um, and, yeah, it was just nice to see New Zealand backing us. And, yeah, we didn't quite get through to the next round, which was, yeah, pretty gutting. But the, the support we felt was massive throughout the whole tournament. Absolutely. It must have been a bit of a roller coaster. Amazing win against Norway, then a loss to the Philippines, and then that final game against Switzerland. Was it emotional at the time? Oh, absolutely. I think we felt every emotion possible. Um, yeah, that first game was insane. Um, and then, yeah, to unfortunately lose to Philippines, which no one, you know, expected. Like, yeah, all the teams that you play at the World Cup, it's going to be a hard game no matter who you come across. But if you, if someone had said that you're going to beat Norway and lose to the Philippines, I, yeah, would have thought they were joking. Um, but, yeah, just... Yeah, they were up for it and we weren't. And then, yeah, obviously it came down to the wire in the last game and we unfortunately couldn't go through. But that's football and it's what happens when you're not scoring enough goals. Um, but that first night at Eden Park was, yeah, pretty special and I don't think anyone will forget that. With that intensity and pressure, how do you adjust and cope with those emotions? Yeah, that's a good question. We had um a lot of preparation going into the tournament and, had a lot of games um, and we worked a lot with our sports psychologist, Kylie Wilson, who's um, such a legend. And yeah, she's worked in um, professional rugby and has been a professional rugby player herself. So I think with the tools that she had, she really equipped us for the big moment. Um, and then, yeah, like I guess on the day, it, it is just a football game and we've played hundreds of games in our careers. So kind of just, yeah, sticking to our game plan and trusting each other and, um, yeah, like I said, we we didn't quite achieve what we wanted to, but I think in hindsight and, you know, reflecting after the tournament, we still achieved a lot, which we should be proud of. 
Yes, you achieved so much and inspired a new generation. What was it like having your family in the stands? Yeah, it was so awesome. I got to see my parents um, after all the games pretty much. But um, yeah, I think the the Eden Park game is definitely the one that I'll hold close to, to my heart. Um, yeah, just yeah, giving them a hug after we had won was yeah crazy and um yeah it was awesome just to have friends and family in the crowd and you know people that you hadn't seen in forever um I think yeah like the the reach that we had um mom was talking to me about some of her colleagues at work that were watching all the games people that you know typically probably weren't interested in women's football um were starting to get into it and that was really special as well so special you mentioned that reach when I went to the games at Eden Park I couldn't believe the atmosphere was really uplifting really exciting feeling in the crowd let's talk about the legacy that you have all created inspiring the kids to play football that must feel incredible yeah yeah it definitely does Um, and I think now that the dust has kind of settled we can kind of you know appreciate um, what we did do especially in that first game um, and I know a lot of the girls have gone back to their um, like childhood clubs growing up and have, you know, done some work in the community. And I think just speaking to people um, in and around the football world, um, yeah, what we did is has gone pretty far and has, you know, I think sparked something in New Zealand because um, obviously typically we're a rugby nation. So, yeah, I hope that what we did has inspired um, Kiwi kids, girls and boys to yeah, to give football a go or to just, yeah, take interest in it because it's a great sport. Having grown up playing to smaller crowds, what was it like seeing 40,000 plus people in the stands? Yeah, it was a pretty crazy night. We were actually running late to our game because of the Auckland traffic. Usually we like would go out before the game um, and before warm up and just have a look at the stadium and kind of um, take it all in. But yeah, we were running late. So we actually had to just do that as we were warming up and it was all quite um, rushed, to be honest. So, um, yeah, there wasn't too much time to take it all in, but definitely when that final whistle blew, um, I know everyone was just so stoked. And, yeah, that's kind of like when it hit um, the magnitude of what we had what we had achieved. Yeah, and that's the thing about life. It's unpredictable. You were running late because of the Auckland traffic, but you still have to keep your head in the game and not let things throw you. How important is it to stay focused? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, yeah, um, maybe a Kiwi mentality we kind of just roll up our sleeves and get on with it so that's what we did um, I think the physios were like strapping players on the bus because we literally had no time um, as soon as we got to the stadium but yeah whether that worked in our favor I'm, I'm not sure we obviously got the win on that night um, but yeah there's always going to be ups and downs um, when it comes to these sorts of things so um, you just have to yeah prepare as much as you can and kind of yeah um, yeah just just roll with it now you've had time to reflect, how do you see football changing for female players? Yeah, I guess um, in Australia and New Zealand, like it was an awesome tournament and I think we did such a good job, um, you know, pushing the game forward and it's, you know, made big strides in the last three or four years. Um, you could see with some of the nations that were making it through to the knockout stages and I think um, the gap has, yeah, but lessened um, since the last World Cup. Um, and yeah, I think Kiwis were a bit late to get on the fo- women's football bandwagon, but they're, they're finally here and, um, yeah, they're kind of seeing it for the first time, which is awesome. And, 
um, yeah, I'm just hoping that, you know, more kids get into football um, and start watching it because it's a great game. And yeah, there's some amazing athletes um, and it's a really awesome pathway for, for girls to take and one that's now becoming more financially stable, which is really good to see too. We have to talk about the controversy surrounding that final game and that kiss by Spanish President Luis Rubiales, which set off a firestorm around the world. American football star Megan Rapino calling it inbuilt sexism within Spanish football. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's an awful thing what Jenny went through. Um, and yeah, I guess it was on the most public platform there could be. So um, yeah, it's been good to see, you know, teams and players standing with her um but yeah sexism is a massive issue in women's football um and it's obviously quite extreme in the spanish football association but it's everywhere um you know we saw it in the nwsl where a lot of the coaches were getting um done for sexual misconduct pretty much through throughout all um the teams over in america last season um so the game still has a really long way to go um and it's really sad to see things happening to players such as Jenny and the rest of the Spanish team. But um, yeah, I think what they're doing is really brave and it's driving a lot of change. And yeah, I just hope that, you know, in a few years time or when my career is finished that we're not having these issues because yeah, it's pretty ridiculous to be honest. Yeah. It's being called Spain's me too movement. So hopefully it'll spark a change. What about the difference in what men and women get paid? Yeah, for sure. It's like day and night if you compare what the top men's players get paid um, compared to the women's. So, yeah, I mean, we've been on the back foot. They got a 50-year head start on us. So, um, but, yeah, it just goes to show, like, if you invest in women's football, you're going to get some return. Um, the best teams in the world are all the clubs um, and countries that have invested the most money into football. Um, and, you know, the saying that no one watches women's football is, a load of crap so um yeah I just hope that more people invest and watch because yeah it's it's the biggest sport in the world for women um and yeah it's just a really exciting game well let's go back a bit now when did you start playing and was it between tennis and football so I started playing when I was like five um and I played yeah pretty much every sport growing up and yeah, was quite fond of tennis, but I really liked um, the team component of football. So kind of stuck with it for that reason. And then um, as I was getting older and, you know, going through age group teams, um, was becoming really good friends with my teammates um, who I'm, you know, still uh, really good friends with now and playing in the ferns with. So, yeah, I think for me that was like a big reason why I stuck with football um, and is still a big reason why I love it now. Um, and yeah, I just haven't really looked back. When did you realize it was a sport you could do seriously as a career? Um, I think when I first made uh, either like 17s or 20s. Um, so I was probably like maybe 18 at the time. Um, and yeah, like a lot of the girls in the Ferns were overseas playing professional. Um, I wasn't sure how I would ever get there, but um, yeah, that's always something that I wanted to do. And even before I just decided I wanted to play football, I wanted to go to the Olympics and just play um, and represent New Zealand at some capacity and whatever sport. And yeah, it's it. I chose football um, and yeah, I've been pretty lucky with what I've achieved so far um, and I'm still really loving it, which is great. Yeah, you mentioned being lucky, but so much more. There is so much more to it. So much hard work to get where you are. 
Um, yeah, it's definitely got its ups and downs. Um, but I think that's what, you know, makes things interesting. And yeah, obviously nothing comes without hard work. Um, and yeah, everyone works really hard and especially at this level, whether it's, you know, national team or club. So you really have to put in the hard yards to get ahead. Um, and yeah, like there's a lot of struggle in it, but when you yeah make a team or win a championship or, you know, win a world cup game, it, it all makes it worth it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm never alone. Like I'm always with my teammates and, you know, if we're doing really tough trainings together or tough gym, um, you're not ever really doing it alone. So, yeah. um, yeah, being in that team environment really helps you in those tough yeah. times. How important is that team environment? You played in a few teams, Melbourne victory. How important is team culture? Oh, it's huge. I think, yeah, for football especially, you don't have to have like the best team on paper, but if you've got a really good culture and, you know, a coach that knows how to get the best out of people, um, that's where you can be really successful. And Jeff at um, Victory definitely um, installed that in us. Um, and, yeah, he's definitely one of the best coaches that I've ever had. Um, and he's just really good at, like, managing people. And, yeah, the the culture can take a team really far, especially – you know, if you during a season you have injuries and, you know, your form goes up and down, I think that's what really um, can stabilise a team and, yeah, make them successful. So it starts with the coach, but also it's important the players buy in as a team. How important is it that players feel valued? Yeah, it's so important. I When I first moved over, I wasn't expecting a whole heap. It was my first pro contract and I was just pretty keen to learn and, um yeah get as much out of the experience as I could and then yeah we had built Jeff had basically rebuilt the team um so yeah we wanted to do well but yeah our expectations weren't to go out and win the A-League but yeah we grew a lot as a team we had a couple of hard defeats in the start of the season but I think that really taught us a lot um and yeah from there we just kind of grew each game um, and like you said, like the connection that players have like off the field um, translates to on the field. And yeah, I think that's something we're starting to see a lot more in the Ferns environment as well. You mentioned there's a sports psychologist. Is there a lot of team building exercises to start with? Yeah. So she, she works individually with players, um, but also does like a lot of work with us as a team. Um, and yeah, it's just about creating an environment that's open and honest and where every person feels like they can be themselves because yeah if everyone feels valued then that's what's going to make us perform best on the field um so yeah she's absolutely fantastic Kylie so you were training a lot with the ferns before the world cup did you all become quite close yeah for sure we were in about uh, a camp for about two months so yeah it was a lot of time spent together um, a lot of tough trainings, but yeah, I think it, it really paid off and it was unique that we were, you know, able to train at home for such a long period of time. Usually we're just together overseas for like two weeks and then we're back off to our club environments and don't see each other for another couple of months. So yeah, it was really good. And I think it definitely helped us in our preparation for the tournament. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really good to have that. Oh, that's great. Let's go back to where it all began. You were playing football with the boys. Yeah. So we, um, yeah, I grew up playing with boys quite a bit, but we actually, we had a girls team um, at Waitakere FC 
um I must have been like 10 or 11 and we were playing in a boys league uh, as a girls team because there oh. were no other girls teams um in our age group and I was playing up a couple age groups um and yeah we were really good and we actually I think we came first or second in that league and yeah I think we shocked a few people including a lot of the parents of the boys teams we were playing um but yeah it was it was really cool um and yeah I learned a lot from playing in that team um and yeah it was it was just cool to beat them basically I bet it must have shocked a few people your mum said growing up your siblings might have been coughing if the weather was bad but you were always ready to go would you agree with that yeah yeah I think yeah I mean my my siblings did play but I think when it got to you know when we were all teenagers I think they preferred to yeah just hang out with their mates and live the normal life which is totally fine um but yeah my my parents have been great and yeah they've definitely pushed me the times that I didn't you know want to go to training as a young teenager um mom and dad were definitely really supportive and yeah there's days where it's hard but like I said I I love the sport and yeah I play you know because for the social aspect and I'm really competitive so um yeah that's definitely kept me in good stead have you always been competitive yeah, I've got um, two brothers, so um, I think that that's got something to do with it. And me and my youngest brother um, have always been competing against each other. Um, and we've actually we've played against each other a couple of times too. So, yeah, I think that that, that competitiveness has yeah, started from when we were kids, um, which is good. So I can thank, thank him for that. Over the years, sport has always been full of ups and downs do you have one setback that you could tell us about often these setbacks shape us and define us even though they are hard at the time yeah I can I've got one um it was in between my 17s and 20 cycle I was um yeah starting at 17s and then um I kind of went through uh like a, a positional change so I used to play right back and then I got moved to fullback uh center back sorry uh, for twenties and I was pretty new to the position and, um, initially didn't make, um, like a twenties camp, um, and wasn't really in the picture for the world cup, um, which was, yeah, definitely a big setback for me. Cause that was one of the goals that I wanted to, um, achieve is to be in that under twenties world cup. Um, so yeah, around our qualifying, um, tournament, I didn't really play much. Um, I was picked, but yeah, was a bit more of a fringe player. And then, um they had a like a camp going on during the season and I was just playing club because I wasn't selected um and yeah I I got to captain my club team that season which was really cool um I was yeah 17 and yeah captaining a team full of you know 20 30 year olds so that was pretty foreign to me um but it taught me a lot and yeah I really enjoyed my football that year and I think um yeah kind of fell in love with the game again and that kind of put me in good stead for 20s and then I started getting picked um and ended up starting for the at the 20s world cup um which was really cool but yeah it was definitely tough not getting picked initially but you kind of just have to like roll your sleeves up and you know do everything you can um or us yeah or us you're just not going to get picked are you you didn't at any point feel like giving up yeah no I, I never wanted to give up but there were some days that I was yeah quite frustrated um but yeah like I was I was still really young and you know people peak at different times um and yeah I was yeah I was pretty set on making that squad and 
yeah, did everything that I could um, and was, yeah, it was good that my hard work had paid off. But um, yeah, that was, yeah, giving up was never something that crossed my mind. Great. Let's talk about your debut for the Ferns against China in 2019. You said it was one of the scariest games that you'd ever played in. Yeah, it was so scary. Um, yeah, just because I'd never played at that level before and you wonder, you know, am I good enough to be here? Um, we had a few of the older girls that were out with injury and other reasons. So we were quite light on defenders. And, yeah, Tom told me I was starting that first game. And, um, yeah, I didn't really have too much time to process it. He told me the day before when we were training. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I was I was really lucky to be um, surrounded by um, some more experienced players like Rebecca Stott um, helped me a lot and um, CJ as well. So, yeah, it was definitely really scary. But um, as the game, like, uh, continued and once it, you know, started going, I felt like I could grow into it a bit more. Um, and, yeah, the the team we were playing, we were playing China. But, um, yeah, I wasn't too far out of my depth. It was quite like a competitive game. So I had right. a bit to do, but, yeah, I wasn't also getting smashed, which was nice. <laughs> yeah how do you deal with the nerves do you still get nervous yeah I definitely still get nervous um <laughs> I get nervous playing for club even but I think the nerves are a good thing um and yeah I've definitely um gotten better since that first game in China I was a bit of a nervous wreck but um yeah I just I don't really have any routine that I do but um yeah I think with it as I've gotten older and played in more international games you get a bit more familiar um, with how you're feeling and what to do before a game. Um, and yeah, I just try to do everything I can that week to be as prepared as possible so that, yeah, when it comes game day, I can kind of just relax. And then when the game's starting, just, yeah, try focus on that. Great. Do you have any little tactics that you found helps? Um, nothing to like in particular, I just really like to try switch off on game day. So um, yeah, the night before the game, like finish watching all the clips that I need to watch. So when I wake up the next day, I can just focus on like eating the right food, um, going to get a coffee. That's my like one essential thing I have to do. And yeah, just, yeah, trying to not think about the game too much and on the way to the game, listening to some music. Um, yeah, I don't really have, uh, anything too, yeah, rigid, um, that I have to do. Some players are rigid about pre-game routines though, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Everyone's got their own little routine that they do. Um, but whatever whatever works for, for them and everyone's different. Some people need to, yeah, make sure everything's exactly right and other people like me just, yeah, kind of show up and, yeah, just just play. So to finish off, what is one thing, one bit of advice that you would, looking back, give to your 11-year-old self if you could go back? Oh, wow. Um, I guess to just, yeah, I guess just to stick with it and, yeah, expect this, the setbacks. Um, yeah, it's not going to be uh, as straightforward as some people may think. And, yeah, I think you kind of... Um, forget that and you don't really get to see what people do behind the scenes and there's going to be a lot of times that you fail but um, yeah you just have to keep going and as long as you're loving it then that's the main thing Thank you Claudia, thanks so much for being a great role model, good luck with the next few games for Denmark and of course with the football ferns and all the best Yes, thanks Wendy, thanks for having me